Institute of World Mission podcast. You're listening to the show for Adventist cross-cultural mission enthusiasts. My name is Alex Ott, and together with the IWM team, we invite you to join us today. This podcast is a production of the Institute of World Mission brought to you with support of the General Conference Missions Family of Ministries and Services. This is the Institute of World Mission podcast, and today I'm joined by Gary Cross. Gary is the director of the Office of Adventist Mission, which is a prominent part of the General Conference Mission family. Gary has worked cross-culturally for 21 years. I am excited to have you here today, Gary. Welcome to the IWM podcast. Thank you, Alex. I'm glad to be here. So to start us off, I want to give you a chance to say a bit more about yourself and your work. What would you add as background for our listeners? Well, I was born to missionary parents in the islands of Fiji in the South Pacific. And, of course, they were Australians, so that was my heritage. And after Fiji, we lived in Australia, then in New Zealand, where my father was principal at Longburn Adventist College. And then, I guess, just over 20 years ago, I got called to work at the General Conference in Global Mission. But more important than all of that... Um, a girl by the name of Bettina decided that she would say yes when I asked her to marry me. So that was the highlight. And then we were blessed 13 years ago with a beautiful young daughter named Bethany. Wonderful. I know your family, Gary, and you, you, you've got um, a wonderful family. I'm blessed. So, Gary, today we wanted to discuss a crucial idea of holistic mission. I know you have invested a lot of thought and energy helping us, the Adventist Missions community out there, to understand it better. So what is holistic mission? You know, when we use the word mission itself, there are many different definitions and people are thinking of different things when we're talking about it. Uh, We know that organizations, businesses have what they call mission statements, A holistic mission for the Adventist church is a phrase that we use because it captures the the strength of mission, that it's not just one-sided or one-dimensional, but it is a package. Mm -hmm. And so we, we avoid extremes. So one extreme would be that we preach the word only. So we have evangelistic events, we have truth filled literature, we have seminars, And we just preach the word, brother. Mm -hmm. But on the opposite extreme are those who are tempted to say, well, all we need to do is be good people. And so we need to be involved in acts of charity, humanitarian work, showing people that we care for them and our actions will show our love. Preach with our life. kind. Exactly, exactly. And so both components taken by themselves are are important. But they're so much stronger when they come into a, a holistic package where we have both and for me I always go back to Ellen White's statement uh, where she talks about Christ's method of ministry and I would describe his method as being a holistic method because first of all he uh, mingled with people Mm -hmm. he showed sympathy sympathy to them He, uh, he, he cared for their needs he won their confidence and then he bid them to follow him So he was caring for their temporal concerns, their physical needs, their emotional needs, but he was also concerned about their spiritual needs. 
So that's a long answer to a short question about what I think of in holistic mission. Thank you. We won't remember which year that was in, and I, I, I wouldn't remember this right now, but I do remember very vividly um, we were traveling together. It was the country of Kyrgyzstan. You were visiting. I was translating. And uh, we, uh, we gathered, you gathered a group of uh, local conference leaders. And then you explained and in about half an hour or so the idea of holistic mission. And as I translated for you, Gary, back then, a number of years ago, I have had this paradigm shift. I understood for the first time, this this idea that you've just passed oh. on in, in a nutshell right now. That's great. Well, let's 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 uh, let's unpackage it sure. a little bit together. Sure. So, in what way is Adventist mission already following the principles of holistic mission? We take as our blueprint Christ method of ministry. So we have frontline workers that we call global mission pioneers. Mm-hmm who are church planters. They start new groups of believers among new people groups or in in new areas, new geographical areas. And we encourage them, we train them to put Christ's method into practice. Mm -hmm. That when you go to a town, where you you go to a city, you go to a village, it doesn't matter where, you don't just come in and preach at the people. Come in with your, um, your package of evangelism that you want to share with the people, preach the... 28 fundamentals and then move on to the next place. No, holistic mission takes time. And so we encourage our pioneers to take time to understand the community where they're working, Mm -hmm. to listen, to learn, to talk to people, and then to make friendships and then to put Christ's method into practice where they're mingling with the people, playing soccer with the kids, working in the rice fields or in the mechanic shop with Mm -hmm. with the older people, and then find opportunities to minister to needs, show sympathy and minister to needs, and then you build confidence. And once you've built confidence, then the bidding to follow Jesus is so much easier because you've earned the right. And people are more apt to ask you, well, why are you doing this? Why do you believe this? What is the fundamental reason for why you're here? And then when you answer them, they can only blame themselves because they asked you, right? So we do that with the pioneers. And then we have another initiative that we call Centres of Influence. Mm-hmm. And these are ministry centres that are started in urban areas. And the whole foundation of a centre of influence is this is a platform in an urban area to put Christ's method into practice. So we want to see centres of influence ministering to needs providing an opportunity to mingle with the community and, and build up, as we minister the needs, we build up that confidence and then we bid people to follow Jesus. And we, we stress the fact, don't ignore any step. Mm-hmm. You can't ignore the preaching and you can't ignore the mingling or the teaching or the mingling because if you do that, you short-circuit the mission pro- process. You, you undermine it. And so the holistic package needs to be put into place, whether we're in a, in a village in Asia or if we're in a city in North America. You know, Gary, this is such a beautiful realization that I once had. It's not the time to, to tell stories, but I can testify that many years of my personal missions experience has been 
really trying to live this ideal of, of holistic mission, especially in connection with urban centers of influence. Now, I know it is still challenging. What kind of challenges are they meeting? Trying to fulfill that idea. Yeah, well, the first challenge is uh, that this means that we have to move outside of our comfort zone. Uh, the the old phrase that birds of a feather flock together. We we tend to surround ourselves with people who are like us or have mm-hmm. similar interests or similar beliefs. And there's no doubt about it that when you spend time with Seventh Day Adventists then it's much more comfortable. There's no smoking, there's no drinking, you don't have the swearing, and it's a comfortable environment. Now, when you take the step to say, Lord, open up opportunities for me to mingle with people, that means I have to move out of my comfort zone. I have to meet people not where I'm at, Mm -hmm. but where they're at. And it may be that we have to visit places that are uncomfortable to us as Christians. Um, It may be that we have to put up with a bit of cigarette smoke, Mm -hmm. some swearing in our ears. And plus, we have to make an intentional decision to do this. Um, It's so easy to get caught up in our own subgroup that we have to intentionally plan and ask God for opportunities to mingle with people. I don't know how how many Adventists I've uh, I've met in seminars and different environments where I've said, well, let's take some time to pray for your non-believing friends. And they look at me and they say, I don't have any. Mm. So that's one of the challenges, is to just actually get outside of the church framework to actually mingle with people. Um, Then you'll have the normal mission challenges of anything that you do. You're going to get people who who reject you, people who um, put barriers in your way. But once you've you've moved out of the comfort zone into doing the mingling and you're showing sympathy to people, I think then it just becomes like a, a beautiful mission experience where... What Jesus modeled for us as we put that into practice, we see lives be- being changed. Our audience is a very special audience. These are the people who have moved out of their comfort zone. They, they've actually traveled internationally. They are serving as expats. They are surrounded by all kinds of cultures and people who are not like them. And they're engaged in projects uh, in their institutions and all kinds of things. So what I have found walking in in their shoes is that when we are engaged so much, let's say, in social work and mingling in friendships, we don't have time anymore or very little time to actually do spiritual work. In your work with urban centers of influence and similar projects, what do others say? How do they they resolve this, this tension of investing their time correctly? on both sides of this issue. There's no doubt that a centre of influence is time-consuming and energy-consuming, and it's just a question of we need to draw, not barriers, we need to put parameters around what we do, and we need to, first of all, guard ourselves and our family, that we need to make sure that we don't burn out in Mm -hmm. the centre of influence, that we're putting all our energies into it, that we don't have time for our spouses, for our children... And for ourselves, for our own spiritual development, we need to take time alone with God every day. And once we put those parameters around it, then when we're in the, the centre of influence, we then need to put parameters about around our time there that I will be serving people in various ways by caring for their needs, but I must always have a consciousness that I need to care for their spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. So I need to be 
not necessarily thinking of, oh, we've got the spiritual over here and all the rest over here, but how can I merge the spiritual into what I am already doing? Mm-hmm. How can the act of kindness that I'm showing, how can I add a spiritual dimension to this? And it comes through experience. You know, you, you quickly learn what you shouldn't say and what you should say in certain environments. You become more aware of when it's an apt, appropriate opportunity. But we need to be open for those windows that arise. And so I would see the, the spiritual as being not such an, an added extra but it's something that we need to weave into what we're already doing. Okay. Now, some in our audience are officially designated as urban center of influence directors or yes. staff. Um, many, however, uh, would perhaps hear this term discussed uh, thoroughly for the first time, maybe not for the first time. They serve in, in different institutions and organizations. So we do have hospitals, clinics, uh, schools, universities that are staffed with missionaries, with cross-cultural workers out there. How can those institutions and organizations be seen as centers of influence? Can they? You know, there has to be an internal impetus. There needs to be a, from from the grassroots up, a move that we want to reframe what we're doing here. We want to be more than just a clinic. We want to be a holistic mission centre. We want to be more than a school. We want to be a, uh, that, that, more than a school that just teaches reading and writing and arithmetic, but we want to be something that is a, spirit, a spiritual centre, a lighthouse here. It can't be that leaders come along and say, hey, you need to, be a, uh, uh, you need to change, because once you've been doing something for five years, ten years, twenty years, you have your own DNA, you have, you've systematised the way you're doing things and you can't change that overnight. Yeah. It, will, it will mean a change, it may mean change in personnel because if the people, the staff don't buy into the vision, then it's not going to happen. So it may mean some changing of staff. It may be just some retraining of staff. Mm-hmm. If they're, they're open, then we retrain them with a different focus that... That we're more than just this, this, this. We can become this. So it means uh, a very, um, I don't want to use the word strict, but a very concentrated, very focused look at what are we doing and why. And don't get your goal confused with your action steps because sometimes we say the action steps become the goal. So in the Adventist church, we don't run schools just because we want to see kids reading better or writing better. We run schools because we want to expand the kingdom of God. We want these young people get to give their hearts to Jesus. We run hospitals because we love people and care for people and we, we want to care for their physical needs. But, but don't we also want them to know Jesus as well? So we need to make sure that that vision is understood and accepted by the staff and the leadership because if it's not, then maybe we need to change some of the staff and some of the leadership. Gary, what are the dangers of not turning or seeing our institutions as being truly centres of influence out there? Hmm. What if we don't do that? What happens? Well, you know, as a church, as a Seventh-day Adventist church, we do an amazing amount of things. We have schools, we have hospitals, we have publishing houses, we have 
media centres, we have satellite TV networks, we have radio networks, we have pathfinders. The list goes on and on and on. But if our, it all depends on what our goal is. If our goal is to help build God's, God's kingdom, to have people ready for when Jesus comes, if that is our goal, then we need to make sure that how we spend our time and our resources is leading toward that goal. Mm-hmm. So as I said before, a, a school is not a goal in itself. It's an action step. The goal has to be the mission of the church, which is to make disciples. So if we are doing various activities which are good in their own right but they're not contributing to our overall aim, then what are they? They're a distraction. They become a distraction of resources, time, personnel. So we need to take a look, good, good hard look at things that we're doing. Are we doing things that are doing fine things but there's a thousand other organisations doing them? Or are we bringing value added to the equation Otherwise, it's going to deplete resources. It's going to distract away from the most important thing. Thought-provoking. Gary, in the years of you, 20 years that you've been um, with the General Conference working with the Office of Adventist Mission, what have we learned in these years experimenting with holistic mission? One of the main things we've learned is that it takes time. As Adventists, we're human beings, so we like to see quick results. We love, and I love, to see the, the results of baptisms, that we are baptizing many people. I rejoice at that, and I know that all heaven rejoices at that. So we, we love to see the baptismal photos on the front of the Adventist Review, and we love to see people coming into the kingdom. And so when we come along and we say, well, you know, when you're working in a place like Japan, which has a totally different worldview to, say, North America. Or if, say, you're working in Western Europe with people who are hardline secularists, mm-hmm. live their life without God, don't even think of him, and it's not even an issue whether he's alive or not. When we're working with those people, you cannot come along and give a five-minute or a 30-minute Bible study and expect them to change their views. You can't expect to do a two-week series of public meetings and have them change their views because... They have a whole worldview that is different. We have to work on the worldview. We need to touch the heart. We need to touch the emotions, not just their head, because we're not going to be persuading them by logic alone. So what we've learnt with holistic mission is that it takes time. Christ's method of ministry takes time. You're mingling. You're showing sympathy. Well, that doesn't happen in a week. You have to, you know, I think my neighbours, it takes time for me to build bridges of friendship and take the opportunity to invite them to come and eat in the home and build those, those friendships. It takes time. And we see that in Western Europe today, from somebody who's totally secular to becoming a committed uh, disciple and a baptised Seventh-day Adventist, that can take seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And... Same in the, in the Islamic world. Yeah, yeah. yeah in, in many parts of the world. So the, the traditional mindset we have that come along, do a series of public meetings and baptise at the end, that will work in some parts of the world today. It will work to a certain extent. But we need to realise that holistic mission takes commitment, it takes time, and it can be messy. Because you're, if you're ministering to a totally secular person, 
they're going to be behaving in ways that are foreign to you. They're going to be thinking in ways that are foreign to you. And there's no, there's no set plan that we know works. Take step one, step two, step three, and there you are. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't happen. There's meanderings. You go through wilderness experiences. People go, go get warm and then they get cold. And it takes a while to, to woo them into the love of Jesus. The implication of this is that it takes a lot of patience. Yes. Um, on, on the part of the worker, him or herself, as well as on the part of their leaders or us who are in leadership positions as well. That's right, because naturally there, there's, there's sometimes an expectation from the leaders that you're a pastor here or you're doing this. We expect results. What are you doing with your time? How come this is happening? So we need leaders who, are, who see the big picture and see that some of these things will take time and we need to keep supporting our on-the-ground workers. One last question, Gary, yes. and this is this. A lot of people in our audience may be very interested in further uh, to get to know more about urban centers of influence, yes. how these projects can be started, uh, what materials, help aids are available and so forth. How could they get this information? You can simply go to a website called urbancenters.org. That's centers in the American way, T-E-R-S, urbancenters.org. And there you'll see the sorts of things you're talking about, along with some stories of centers of influence around the world so that you can see what different centers are doing. And you can think, well, maybe I can adapt this, maybe I could change that, maybe I could take this idea. So it's a very good um, starting place. And there's also another... Um, website called missiontothecities.org and on both of those sites you'll find resources but on urbancenters.org you'll find information for how to apply for support etc etc Gary thank you so very much for sharing with us today my privilege this concludes this week's episode of the IWM podcast just as I mentioned in the interview the topic of holistic mission is very close to heart We'll be exploring more of its dynamics in the future. By now, we all have stepped into the new year. Lots of renewed activities happening all around us in many different ministries that we're part of. It's very much worth a notice that the global Adventist community is moving today into the 10 days of prayer. From January 9 to 19, we'll be united in prayer globally. I have discovered a special website devoted to the 10 Days of Prayer. You can find it by typing 10daysofprayer.org, no spaces, into your browser to visit this website. The website features all needed resources in all kinds of languages. It got testimonies, even an opportunity to join an online United in Prayer community, and much more. Friends, it is our desire at the Institute of World Mission to see the global Adventist missions community at the forefront of prayer, as a movement crossing unprecedented gaps and barriers for God's kingdom. We need prayers. We need prayers of the entire Adventist faith community for us. Now, I guess it would be fair to say that this is an invitation for us, the practitioners, for us, for those of us who are on the front line, to be prayerful people as well. I'm your host, Alex Ott. We'll always be happy to hear from you. 
simply send me an email to otta at gc.adventist.org. We'll see you next week.